This week, we break down Season 6 in its entirety. What character topped the power rankings? What plots were the most interesting? And who stunk it up the most? All that and a whole lot more this week on the Lords of Grantham Podcast. Hello, hello. Hey, we're back. We're back after a week of uh, giving you some free content. Well, <laughs> more free content. It was, it was a little unplanned. I think we recorded the episodes, then we just realized, oh, we don't have an episode coming out this week. Yeah, I think we 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 knew we wanted to take a break, but then I just kind of dawned on me, like, we got, we're sitting on this content. Yeah. Well, give give a little, like, dangle the carrot if you're interested in the Patreon. Mm-hmm. And people seem to be responding positively to it. People love the Jar Jar, you know? Yeah, I think people have uh, really come around on mm-hmm. at least being a little more sympathetic. Yeah. Yep. And that's why I think that we got there for sure. For sure. Dave, we have our tickets locked and loaded for the movie. Yeah. We are seeing it in different states. The same, same, same day, same time. Same day, same time. We just couldn't do it together as we've done with the entirety of this show. Well, uh, I guess we did a couple things separate. I mean, you went to High Claire by yourself. That's true, but yeah. I'm I'm getting flanked by pr- former guests, an all star posse of former Lords of Grantham guests. Oh, who who are they? Dave? Our our attorney Kevin is coming. Okay, uh, who's on what the Mix Match Challenge one and mm-hmm. the the season two breakdown where he broke down the trial of John Bates. Oh yeah, that's right. As the lawyerly uh, advice, yeah. Uh, Connor, who was on our last Mix Match Challenge, and. Alec, our aquatics expert, who was on the second Mixed Match Challenge. So and also, the, he didn't wear pants in that game. Oh, yeah, in the gaming yeah. podcast, yeah, yeah. too. And uh, are you? maybe your brother should go with you. Uh, no, I got my ticket weeks ago. <laughs> New York's different than, than Connecticut. <laughs> Danbury, Connecticut? Yeah, because it's, it's pretty aggressive with like moviegoers. People show up at the theater still in New York, and it's pretty full there. Um, well, a movie in New York is like a cheapish night, right? Cheapish? Like well, comp- relative to the it's like other, twenty dollars sort of, a ticket. Well, it's that you, much around here too. Forty dollar night if you're going out as a couple. Yeah, it, it well, adds the, up quick. IMAX three. And this was a spe- <laughs> no, it's not. But this is also a special like early fan screen because in America it's coming out on September twentieth, whereas rest of the world it's September twelfth, and we're seeing it when it's coming out around the rest of the world. Uh, but it was twenty six dollars for this movie. I didn't pay that much. How much do you pay? Um, why did I? Yeah, I might have paid that much with fees. Yeah, yeah, yeah with fees, I think it was. And yeah. I have to drive 40 minutes to get there. Yeah. That was the only one that had the snow globes. And Right, we're getting free, we're, we're free snow to, globes. We're trying to pay it forward. And I think that might be some bonus content, too. What, giving out away free the snow globes that we're receiving? Look, I'm going with four people, and I don't know if all four of them are going to or three other people are going to want their snow globes. I, well, it depends on nice Yeah, if are. it's a nice snow globe, I might want it. I'm not a snow yeah. globe guy, though. I'm not a snow globe guy either, but I feel like I have to have something down-related at this point. Yeah, I have the wine bottle. And yeah. um, I have some books. Yeah. And Dave, we, we may see the movie again together, right? Yeah. I would see it again. I have a feeling we're, <laughs> we're, gonna... already, we're already committing. What if it's the worst movie ever? And, you know, Man, we, just were, we just reviewed Star Wars Episode One for the show. So we've we've endured yeah. some bad movies. So we'll go and endure it together again. Um, I don't think it'll be bad. No, there's no chance. I, I trust Julian. Like they, they make it seem like this is a continuation of the show, like like nothing you know changed. So Yeah, as we as he said when we saw him on a screen. Mm-hmm. From a few feet away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, just for so we, I think our listeners may be curious of 
when they can expect us to review the movie. How soon will they hear a review? So here's how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. This week, we're going to do what we do at the end of every season and do the power rankings for the whole show. Or for this season. For this season. Next week, we are going to do a show-wide wrap-up that is encompassed in an mm-hmm. overall top 10 and bottom 10 power rankings. Yes. So we're going to kind of find our way to talk about every character through the power rankings. Mm-hmm. So that will be this. So if you're listening to this today, it comes out Wednesday. Next Wednesday will be the entire show power rankings broken down. Yeah. Next Friday, when the movie is released we'll in America, re- in America, we'll release the episode. So you'll yeah. get two episodes next week. And then uh, who knows? We might take that next week off to to cry about the movie if it's a tearjerker or who knows. <laughs> yeah. Find time to see it again. Oh, well, you'll have to because after that, because I'm going to Europe at the end of the month. Well, I mean, I, I think well, yeah, we can record. I think we have then. we have earned a, a break of sorts. <laughs> we ascend to heaven, and that's the end of this. Yeah, and no, we did. We definitely need to get that final mix match challenge, and before we, we oh, even address the future of this podcast, it's a must. Yeah, yeah. So here we are at the end of season six. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I feel like season six has so many broad strokes, but I I feel like this. I'm going to be like looking through my notes as we go over season six and what we like and what we yeah. don't like about it, because you know. I don't know. Did it feel like that momentous to you? At the end, feels momentous. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a lot of big moments there at the end. Um, the season feels different than the past two seasons because the Anna and Bates stuff is completely over. As I think episode one of the season, I think it's like completely done. The with. Mr. Green drama is dead. Yeah, and buried. Yeah, yeah. And the baby stuff is sort of a undercurrent. Yeah, and what I just said, yeah, a bunch of times. I'm sorry to the listener who hates that. Um, what was I feel like there was another overarching storyline that ended as well, and I can't put my finger on it. But it just the the season feels a little bit more buoyant. Like it doesn't feel as mired in like drama. I think. Or, uh, well, oh, it's like well, the Mary and the two guys thing is over. It's completely. gone. Yeah, yeah. That that is finally gone, which is fine because I was tired by the end of season five. That that needed to be over. I think we hit some sort of the Edith stuff. Sort of wraps up sort of the externally wraps up early in the season and the rest of the season is birdie related right. rather marigold right stuff. so yeah season four season five you you have the awful anna bates stuff you have mary with the two guys which is not goes nowhere essentially mm-hmm. and then you have edith having marigold that drama and then home wrecking for another season and just like two seasons of like this is just negativity i don't want to deal with mm-hmm. and he writes course because as julian says he loves romance and he kind of just focuses on that for most of the season it's you know it's edith falling for birdie and then the gamesmanship between uh mary and talbot Mm -hmm. which really helps to elevate the season four weddings in this season right we do it's four we got anna no no. carson (laughs) got that wrong right on the first try (laughs) mr carson mrs hughes yep edith and birdie Mm -hmm. off screen merton and isabel Mm -hmm. and mary and talbot and three of those come within the last two episodes yeah, one of which happens in a time jump that we don't see. <laughs> right. There is a little bit of implausibility there. Where I know Julian loves romance and stuff, and he wants to have a happy ending for everyone. You don't have to have be in a relationship to have a happy ending. Because even then, Miss Patmore has a, a house and a and b but then it's like, well, we got to put some designs out there that she may be hooking up with Mr. Mason. To, yeah, there's you know. a, little, a little love and in it's the like, air. You don't need love to be happy. Exactly. Does anybody wind up? Content and single that is under the age of 60. Thomas. He winds up with a job That's back true. at the house. That's true. Okay, fine. But he can't so, have one because so you know how Julian is. It's the 20s. Yeah. Are there any heterosexual characters that Branson. End? 
Content? No, he's not. Well, he's single with an asterisk because he's got the the, the, the editor. He's got on the. He's hook. got eyes on the editor. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a, I was going to say as a kid, all these years ago when I watched the show and it was on, <laughs> I was like, three well, years ago, they're setting everybody up to uh, to be sort of happy. Is mm-hmm. yeah, Pat Moore's with implied some some something with Mason, mm-hmm. Andy and Daisy, mm-hmm. Hughes and Carson, mm-hmm. Baxter and Mosley. Still not certain. Yeah, I kind of. It's funny. That I think they they try to pivot more into friends than a love interest it's weird just get it done just close the deal and maybe we'll get that in the movie but like they got chemistry make it happen yeah well who i mean what other characters are there that i mean violet single but old mm-hmm. maybe the children maybe marion uh branson's ch- children and edith uh, marigold maybe that's that's the answer i mean rosman i'd say she's under the age of 60 she's pretty yeah, contented she's she's 50s yeah she's a spinster she's, doing okay. she's a cat lady yeah, she's fine. Sure. <laughs> Beyond that, though, everyone is like... Looking... Everyone's paired up. Yeah. Almost forcefully so. Well, maybe like a sign of the times back then, you definitely had to have someone because otherwise they just start making assumptions about you. Like, what's Yeah, like oh, that, that guy who tries to hire Barrow. He's like, you're a, a good-looking adult man. Like, why where, are you single? Where are the women at? Yeah. Larry Gray is even married. Well, I, I we never got an update on Carlisle. That's true. He, he may be. He was an old, well, Sir Anthony. I would love yeah. like a where are they now? I could have sworn documentary. I could have swore Sir Anthony came back. I, I don't know why. I think. Do you think they wrote off Michael Gregson because the actor couldn't do it anymore? Do you think Julian really had designs for Edith to just suffer that way? I have no clue, man. Because it That's seems so mystery. forced. Yeah, we'll address that in the overall series wrap up, but I don't know, man. But. Things you liked about this season, Dave. What what were some of the things you really liked about this season? The burst ulcer. Oh, that, that's a go moment. The the vomiting of the blood everywhere, unprecedented for this show. Yeah, wild moment. I was listening to Ring for T's episode on that, and they said that they shot that in hike. So they attributed to an article or something mm-hmm. that they there was this. Uh, they shot that in high clear, so they had to put like a blood splatter mat, <laughs> and that. Um, Hugh Bonneville splattered so much that it like barely almost made it onto the actual carpet of Highclere Castle. This fake oh, blood. Wow. That's cool. Uh, you, you, I wouldn't expect that to happen in the movie. Anything on that level of violence because it's not rated R. So I don't think we're going to get that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hopefully not. Well, I mean, I say is it PG or PG thirteen? I mean, PG thirteen does have a lot of blood nowadays, but that was a but lot it's sp- of blood. It's spitting blood versus a wound. A spitting blood is not a violent thing. It's like a medical thing. I don't know. That, that's rated R material for me. Um, we also got Hugh getting the uh, Robert getting the dogs. The the uh, T.O. T.O. coming back. T.O. with the poster. Did we talk about this? T.O. with the poster. I put it on our Twitter. You weren't happy about this. That T.O. got a poster. Oh yeah, I'm not. I, I don't think T.O. T.O. I said. Well, I said what I said. Yeah. T.O. gets a poster. Yeah. Clarkson's not in the movie. Well, yeah. That was, so, so that led us yeah. to the next thing where I said, "Where's the Clarkson poster?" And then I checked IMDb, and he doesn't. He's not listed for the movie. Spoiler alert! But it doesn't look like Clarkson's in the movie. So yeah. What's the list? We had a list of people that didn't make. Well, I what, tweeted about it. Let's not spoil it for everyone because they may want to be surprised by it. But well, we I, know we know for a fact that Danker is not in the movie. Right. We know Danker's and Clarkson's not. In the movie. Yeah. And so I went on Instagram, and there's an Instagram account called Richard Clarkson. Uh, there's some underscores in there, and I asked Richard Clarkson. Uh, how do you feel about him not getting a poster for the movie? And Richard Clarkson says, unfortunately, I'm afraid to say that Mr. Clarkson may not be in the film. I feel for him. So you're, were you 
Would you say you were touching base with a Downton Abbey role player? I think so. Yeah, yeah. He's good. He didn't block you. <laughs> no, we're, we mean well. I wonder. Is that wonder that Jimmy Kent is still around? If you're listening, we're coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll find you. Uh, still single, maybe on out there. Yeah. Uh, so overall, let's talk about the big overarching plots of the season. The mm-hmm. hospital is the one that we should just get out of the way. Violet took a lot of L's this year. Yeah, kind of unjustly too. I, I don't. I mean, she just kind of. It's. I get it. She's very much stuck in her place in the 1920s, where a time of change. It's the you'd le, you like to see her be a little bit. That's how the show ends. Yeah, it was that line? What? Oh uh, yeah, we have to forward be forward into the future, not back into the past. And maybe she learned from the season of just. Don't think so. Losing. <laughs> well, she did help Isabel out. She did. No, but she's always been a boss. But this she's is a. Boss. Yeah, She's a, she. You don't have to be the boss of everything you're in. Yeah, the storyline is just kind of happening on the sidelines. I feel like because I think, well, last season was the first one where they gave like a really good storyline to Violet, and they realized, oh, there's stuff we haven't mined here with Violet that we should go into because you know she can carry her own storyline and not just be the quip master. And she, yeah, she's never she's never lost either. Yeah, and they figured, well, this can dovetail with Cora because they don't interact much. Then this can be like a thing between. It's I don't feel it's the right. Yeah, there's plot art, line. there's a little bit of a rift between them in season. two. Because the, the hospital, hospital, yeah, or the convalescent home, and this is a reprise of that. Yeah, so it seems like you, there's only so much you could do with a matriarch-like figure without, especially in that time. Mm-hmm. You can't really destroy her credibility in the 20s because she's a, you know, she's a woman about town. Well, I, I, that that sounds a little promiscuous. Uh, Not like that, but yeah. it's like you know, everyone in town knows who she is. She's important. She means something. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's good for Cora, and we see at the end of the season with Rose opening Robert's eyes that mm-hmm. what she's doing is important stuff, and we all have a, a point, or, you know. I'm glad it worked out for them. Good. It's a better plot for Cora than, than being flirted with by an art dealer. It's weird, because it feels like Martin's like forcibly like inserted into this plot line, where uh, it makes sense for Isabel to be caught in the middle, because she helps the hospitals and stuff. And Martin's just like, yeah, I care about hospitals. I'm just going to be here the whole time. And this will lead to the plot line of me getting back with Isabel. And uh, that worked out. That element of it came together, mm-hmm. even though it was a little shoehorned in there. And there was that guy that came over to with the, the prankster man, who, who had no purpose but to come in and try to be on Violet's side. And then he's like, I'm not picking sides until I hear the facts. And isn't that when yeah. the ulcer burst? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one episode where Branson talks to him. Let's talk about Branson this season. This is a very strong Branson season. I think this It's may- a very strong, weak Branson season. He doesn't do much. I think he does enough. I think he does more than enough. I, he, he really pushes Mary to like really better herself this whole season. He proves the value of being a team player in an ensemble. Yeah, he's the confidant for everyone. He's very important to the cogs moving and down, mm-hmm. you know, and keeping things running. And really, I think this is his best at standing on his own because season four, he's still undecided about staying with his family. He wants to move out, you know, maybe. And season five. And season five. Well, five, five he does it. He comes back. He come, no, he leaves at the end of season five and comes right, back he comes at the back. beginning of season six. And it's, it's such a big moment when he comes back. Everyone's like. Oh, yeah, he interrupts a wedding. Right. Well, the wedding celebration. Oh uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah he's reception. a walk in the middle. Who like I object to Carson. He was getting married. I, wa- I want to marry you. <laughs> I would be down for that. That'd be a nice couple. Sure, he's already got kids. You can date up. Yeah, why not? He's got nothing left to prove. <laughs> sure, um, but ever since he like yeah, he has a in, in like return. It's almost like it's something out of wrestling. Like wait, who is this? By God, what is he doing here? The lights drop. Yeah, and it's brand gong rings. So. Uh, 
Sibby and Branson. Yeah. So ever since he came back, I think he had a strong presence. I think this has been a really good year year for Branson. He's a he's a matchmaker, mm-hmm. and his his lack of pretension and the and he's not a socialist anymore, but he still is very much like this system is broken. Uh-huh. Says, Why don't you just tell her you like her? Just go out. <laughs> go on but, a date. But it's a little bit more aggressive than that. You're just so full of yourself, Mary. Just do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, good for him. Uh, Robert doesn't do much this year at all, actually. He blows up. <laughs> yeah, he, he has, he's, he's a little gassy for half the season. Then and, he blows up, and, and then he sits around. He has a dog. Yeah, I mean, Robert, I wonder why. I think he was just like, you know, this is a good job. I'm really liking it here. What if I were just to collect a paycheck this year? What if I were to just get <laughs> and away Julian's with like, this? Julian's oh, like, ah, wonderful idea. You don't need <laughs> any stories. do that, yes. Would you like some physical violence and, and vomiting blood? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yes, double the blood count. <laughs> I'll touch my tummy every episode, and then at the end I'll vomit blood. <laughs> and then I'll sit around for a week when we're shooting with a child actor I've never met. That's right. That, yes, but but Dave, I, I do think that moment though at, when he has that burst holster when he tells Cora like you know just know I always loved you. It's a great moment for Robert. It's a good redemption considering he hasn't always been the most emotionally faithful and literally faithful human. And to it's true, point. he snogs um, Jane. Wonder where she is and how her son is. Do you think he's still paying for her kid? Oh, absolutely. And you know, I don't feel I don't think he's in the wrong for doing that. <laughs> if Cora were to see those bills, she'd be like, "What's going on here?" He would be like, well, I made a bad choice. And well, no, he, he'd be like, well, you know all those bad investments I made? Well, this is just another one, you know? <laughs> I'm just giving this kid a couple grand a I year. I like to burn money, Cora. He's just letting a cigar with the, <laughs> with the dollar bills. Uh, the pounds, rather. Um, there's that. Uh, so, Edith and Birdie. Probably the best storyline of this whole season, I'd say. Yeah. Probably, I, I, I would say this is the Edith season. Definitely. It's a stronger romance than the one between Talbot and Mary, which... I, early in the season, I know he kept saying, like, when's Talbot showing up? Because Mary's got a... She's supposed to end up a hit with you him, right? You don't throw a film actor with an, with a name recognition in a season finale and don't bring him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless and, his name is Paul Giamatti. <laughs> exactly. That's that's where you pull out the money for. But but with Talbot, you know, just starting with Mary, uh, the whole thing is kind of haunted by him driving cars, and that's pretty much it with the relationship. Is like, he's hot, you're and you're hot. Let's do this, but it's it's the car thing that is holding it up, and that's pretty much it to the the whole romance. You know, they have yeah. they have basic chemistry because what it's season four where Mary sort of picks up the reins of life after Matthew's passed away. Yep, and then four and five are consumed by uh, well the the pigman actually the pigman and Tony Gilliam. Mm-hmm. So then it's like we want Mary to it's we want to, her to be happy. It's easier to think of that as pigman and non pigman. To remember their names. <laughs> yeah, uh, good one and bad one. Pig right. one and not. Yeah, pig one and not pig one. Yeah, but yeah, you do want her to just be happy. And but they, it, it feels so forced. Like, what's the uh, Julian said it in the live special where it's like you can't be happy without conflict coming. And it seems like he just needed to give her some kind of conflict. Right. It feels less of a conflict than a contrivance. Like he's a race car driver. Okay, sure. Okay. And to the point where we need but to it, go to a race and watch a guy die. And watch him cry. Yeah. Where it's you know this is this is the last season of the show. But I will I will say though that episode though where she has the reckoning where she ruins Edith's life, I think it does resonate though that like okay Mary's got to age up a little bit. She's got I mean like just grow up you know and mm-hmm. and she and it, it's it feels a little earned in the moment even no matter how they got around to getting there it it worked for me. Yeah, and Mary's 
Michelle Dockery's performance, you see that growth. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what we needed from her to justify her as an individual, because otherwise she would have been known as a couple the right. whole season. Right. Can I get over the fact that my husband died in a car crash? It's like, yeah, well. Mm-hmm. well, Edith got over it. Uh, so the Edith and Birdie thing feels more like a romance, you know, he, the, especially when he helps her with the newspaper. She needs help. He just offers to be a helping hand. And then he's just kind of like hanging around. And then he's just waiting for these crazy kids to go do it. And then he becomes a Marquess. Yeah. And then the conflict makes sense because it's a shame issue from Edith. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's like if the Cousin Rose thing with uh, Atticus was was more fleshed out and we cared about realistic. them more and there was more drama. Like The idea of bumping into someone at the train station is very realistic. Uh-huh. When she sees Bertie and he's like, let's get a drink, and then that's where the newspaper stuff happens. Yeah. And I think the fact that Edith has so much going on with Marigold and the newspaper mm-hmm. the whole season, it means like this is a fleshed out character who also has this. Yeah. Whereas Mary's... We don't see Mary agenting at all this season. Mm-hmm. We don't see Mary being a parent this season. We don't see Mary doing much aside from being a little rat and right. then being in with uh, Henry Talbot. Right. And I, I say, I, I feel like we have a yeah, better feel for Bertie and who he is by the end of the season than Talbot. Talbot, whose lone conundrum in the season finale is like, well, I don't have cars. What do I do? Replace it no, with I more cars. Like, I feel like Talbot is, is a pretty well-rounded mate. Yeah, I, he, I mean, the whole class issue and the pride yeah, issue. That's true. But uh, Birdie does have more screen time. Birdie too. feels more three dimensional. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, we meet his mother. We we get to know more about Birdie, mm-hmm. and then uh, what? I know we like one of Talbot's relatives is there, but it's never an established like character traits about these people. Right. Or if there are, I just wasn't paying attention enough. I will say though, you know what we see of Mary. This is she, the looks she's wearing this year. The the clothes and everything. So. 20s yeah so 20s man those sunglasses killer like she has some like things she's wearing this season great looks can't wait to see what she's wearing in the movie yeah big big fan of the mech suit in the movie yeah well i wonder if it's you know they had that fashion designer take over in season five and i feel like there was a bit of a leveling up there in terms of what she wore and it definitely shows in season six so can't wait well they're starting they're starting to be establish themselves as adults right especially now they're like the you know the constant going to branson talbot Mary mm-hmm. and the one like Evelyn Napier mm-hmm. at like the table, like this, the bachelor and bachelorette table of all people in their early 30s, mm-hmm. just sort of dealing with life. Like, we're it's where we are, you know, like we're not who we are, were 10 years ago. Speak for yourself. My, my watch tells me I have the body of a 20 year old. Oh boy, <laughs> thanks, watch. I appreciate it. Um, but that I think that's mostly the upstairs, you know. Uh, this is where they are now, they're adults and they're living yeah, in the world. Will, yeah, Isabel and Merton have a nice little sweet story. Sure. Lots of ups and downs with the him dying and not dying. It's all kind of like on the outskirts of things, and it does result in that awesome moment in the finale. But it's just kind of it's it's on the side. Yeah. So downstairs, that's that's really it for the upstairs. Yeah. Downstairs, we have Molesley's journey to being a teacher. <laughs> he finds out this season that he's not dumb. He's actually smart. Book book smart. Book smart. Em- emphasis on that. Yeah. And he tries his hand at a test, passes it, and then this professor's like, "You should become a teacher," and he's like. Well, I guess I should be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of not good. And then he may be actually good. And then and then he gets a job offer, so we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He offers to do down on the weekend for, for, like, yeah, for like tips. The side hustle. <laughs> yeah. He's an Uber driver on the side. Right, exactly. Um, and Baxter, sort of him and Baxter supporting each other. The Baxter storyline was, I felt like they were grasping for straws. Where she's like, this guy who pushed me into doing thievery. 
Uh, yeah, just like vindicate her conscience. Yeah, should I show up at court or not for this guy? He reached out to talk. Should I talk to him or not? We never see the guy once, and it's just her just battling with it, and it's like, okay. Yeah, what if that on. was Julian's like, I'm going to give myself a character to play? Oh, I would love that. <laughs> like, uh, like Kurt, Kurt Sutter's the guy in like Sons of Anarchy who's just like a scummy jailbird who shows up three times a season. Oh, yeah? It's Julian Fellows as like <laughs> this this seduc- seducer with... Mm-hmm. That'd be funny. Why the old, oh, old bald that. Julian? Fellows. Yeah, he's just bullying Baxter into stealing things and everything. Like, go do well, this. Well, he's not a. He doesn't really bully. He like seduces them and do it. Oh, Cause, yeah, because they're like, you can't do this to any more young women. Uh, okay, so yeah. Seventy-year-old Julian Fellows or however old he is. Mm-hmm. Oh, hello, ladies. It's me. Do you like jewels? I do. Let's steal. <laughs> Clicks his heels and there they go. Um, so there's that. Anna and Bates. Mostly dropping the ball again on them this season. But not in a way that is Makes you bad. feel bad about it, yeah. Like, Anna's unsure she can get pregnant. She gets pregnant, and then her water breaks in the last uh, episode, and she has a baby. Yeah, B- Bates' Bates's season is nothing. He's Bates really, is nothing at all this year. He sort of redeems him. You know, him and Thomas have a nice moment at the end of his mm-hmm. arc that is their arc. Arc, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... That's poor Bates. I, for wonder, someone that we love, you wonder if there's something going on that's like his personal life or something. Like, or does he not get, get along with Julian? Because yeah, he's barely there. And then you hear him talk about the movie. and He's like, "Yeah, I filmed it for like a couple weeks. And I'm in the movie. He's been going off on Twitter lately, dude. He's got some coarse language on there. If you want to hear, uh, oh, what's his name? Brendan Coyle. Brendan Coyle. If you want to hear him go off, check his Twitter. It's a uh, some he's been going cool. off about British politics, mm-hmm. and some, someone responded like, "Mr. Bates with the language." And he he, he went goes off in on that person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he keeps it real. Highly recommend. I mean, if it, that was the ba- that's prison Bates. It, yeah, if you're a fan of Bates saying "you bastard" or "you bitch," it's you, a lot worse. It gets worse from there. <laughs> Shout out to Brendan Coyle, fan of the podcast. Yeah, uh, um, sure. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see where he is in the movie. Spratt and Danker are there. Not in the movie. Either of them. Well, I guess spoilers. Spratt's on the movie. Danker's on the movie. Yeah. Spratt. I mean, what's, what's there really to I, say I would love to see what Spratt's doing with, with his column. Maybe they'll, they'll... I guarantee you they will say their names. Oh, they'll reference them for sure. Just like they'll reference Lady Rose or whatever. Yeah, Cousin Rose. Cousin Rose. She'll be there. Yeah. Because. Hey, cuz. She'll, she'll, she'll Skype in. Yeah. Um, maybe Spratt will be at the premiere. Who knows? So Spratt, Spratt's cousin... Who's on the run from the law shows up and Danker finds it's just a game of like chess with these two, mm-hmm. but Danker always ha- Danker has no class, right? We're supposed to sympathize with Spratt, but then Danker, they're neither of them are good. They're just both annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I it, they are what they are. Spratt's fine. Danker's not. And that, Who that, like if you like Danker, tweet us or <laughs> please Facebook let us, us know because. I don't think I've met anyone that's a Downton fan. Like, you laugh at Spratt. Spratt is kind of like Mosley adjacent mm-hmm. with only, less less depth. The only thing I can commend Danker on is her tan. She has a really nice tan In that England? is unseasonable. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I can say about her. Spratt. 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 Good comedic actor. The guy playing him, he's really good. Yeah, and he has a good, you know, the bit at the end with the, the advice column is fun. I mean, I said, whoa. I said, oh, my God, out loud when that reveal happened. Yeah. So it worked. Um, and also, he was on the show for so long. It's weird that he's not. Well, not as long as we remembered. Three he, seasons. But he has this sort of presence where you just feel like because of what he does for the Dowager, right? He's there the whole time. Yeah, but he's not. Right. I mean, Clarkson was on the show for so long. I guess he didn't get a spot. So, 
Well, yeah. he's a he's a doctor. Yeah, I we guess get, there's only there's relevant information. But, Sprat, I mean, Sprat can walk in, but I mean, Cora works at the hospital. It's just as easy as having Clarkson show up. Like, oh, hey, Cora, how's Isabel doing? Just a. Damn it, she's still Here, not taking. Here's some exposition. <laughs> yeah. So long. I'll see you in Downton Abbey too. I mean, he's been a lot around longer than Merton. Um, I don't care to see where Merton's at in the movie. Merton, Merton's been a sleeper around for a while. At though. least Clark, Clarkson show up and be like, "Yeah, your cancer. It's still benign. Have a good day." Is it? What? It's not cancer though, right? It's whatever it is. It's the Pauls. No, not the Pauls. That's what Carson's, <laughs> Carson's gets. Uh, per- anemia. Per- his anemia. Right, so Clarkson just shows up and says, your pernicious anemia is back. <laughs> I'll see you in the sequel. No, that's the post credit scene. Oh, yeah. What if there's a... Da- that's that's We should throw down fantasy book. post credit da- If the Down Abbey movie winds up, everyone ends the movie happily. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's single winds up with a mate. What is that scene? Is it like the Dowd... Clarkson walks into the Dowager's room, he's like, the results for your biopsy are in and you're sick. <laughs> That's a hook? Oh, absolutely. I think it would be Lady Rose showing up back up at the manor or something like that. Or um, Atticus was killed. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's go that direction. Or Michael Gregson. Yes. Yes. I, w- I would love that. Or or Pamuk. Pamuk just shows up from the grave. Is this a hand? Yeah, you thought he was <laughs> you just dead. just see like, Kamal Pamuk written on a tombstone and a hand burst or, through. Or it's, what's it called, that cousin... That, that Edith had talked to. Oh, it just to. shows a mirror and he's unwrapping. And then it's Matthew behind all the bandages. And Matthew? That... But Matthew's still alive for that. No, what? but I mean like that's the post-credit thing for the movie. But Matthew's alive for the cousin. No, Pete I Gordon. know. We find out he's a mirror image cousin. Who that, that got mean, it's soapy. He got his face re- remodeled or What whatever? if they like de-age Hugh Bonneville and make it so the guy looks like a young Hugh Bonneville? <laughs> he already looks pretty young, I think. <laughs> so just Hugh Bonneville with a wig? <laughs> he's got a baby face, Hugh. Aside from the hair, he's that would be a really good post credit scene of like I'm back. And who's that? P. Gordon unwrapping yeah. the bandages. It was a young Hugh Bonneville. Yeah, no, no, it's old Hugh Bonneville with a, a brown wig. <laughs> no, it wraps the bandages and it turns out it's Isis. It's <laughs> just a dog. Yeah, it's like BoJack Horseman, a human's body with a dog's head. Yeah, that, worst thing. No, no they just the camera cuts to, and then it shows like the front of the face, and it's just a dog paw instead of the hand that been unwrapping. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't know where that character went. No, we don't know at all. And maybe he is Bertie. Um, yeah, shocker. that would be yeah, that would be fun. Uh, but let's keep going with the downstairs. Uh, he, that's how bad the Anna Bates storyline was. We just couldn't even finish talking about them. Um, and uh, Hughes and Carson got married, baby. Yep, and their season was a, a fun newlywed season. One of the most joyful storylines of the season, honestly. And, and it's conflict. Like, it is yeah. joyful conflict to to participate in. And it's so realistic, because it's not happy ever after. It's like, oh, I gotta do food for this guy? Nuh-uh. I don't cook. And then, now he's gotta cook for me? Oh, uh-uh. He doesn't cook. Right. Oh, he's got the palsy? <laughs> Uh-uh, ain't gonna work. You're gonna be sitting at home doing nothing. <laughs> Good for Carson. Um, yeah, sad ending for Carson to this season, but... Bittersweet. Bittersweet. But also not a... If you were to give the... And we'll discuss the power rankings overall shortly. Mm-hmm. But Carson overall, not great. Hughes overall, a little better. But the most compelling storylines, uh, in terms of like a season-long arc for each of them, I think, honestly. One of, the, one of their best seasons overall in terms mm-hmm. of having a dramatic storyline worth following. Speaking of dramatic storylines worth following, <laughs> Daisy oh. is a, a big deal. We're not going down that far yet. Mm-hmm. Daisy starts the season calling out this guy and then ends the season maybe with Andy. 
Wait, who she's calling out? The guy, the property owner, who's who's gonna maybe give oh right Mr. away Mason Mr. Boot. right? Bad season for Daisy. They give Daisy so much. Mm-hmm. What Wait. is Julian Fellow's infatuation with Daisy as a character? Mr. Bates has nothing. He kind of circles the wagon, like, oh, she's wisening up. She's smarter because of this um, bunting uh, talking to her and everything. Mm-hmm. And then he just dumbs her down for all these annoying plot lines where she's complaining about Mr. Mason. And then the second it's like, Mr. Mason wants you to move in with him. I don't want to move in with him. It's like you should like belittling Mr. Mason as a character. Yeah, it's like you should have spent a lot of time talking about him. Now you don't want to move in with him. Now you don't want the. I guess Pat Moore's right. You, as soon as someone likes you, you don't want to deal with him. Mm-hmm. Maybe but that's why. Then, maybe that's why. That's so funny. Maybe that's why Daisy loves Pat Moore because Pat Moore just hates her. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But should have asked in person. I know a mother daughter relationship. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Daisy winds up, you know, helping Mr. I mean, Mr. Mason gets his house, and uh, it all works out. It's just uh, a little annoying. A little mm-hmm. annoying. And I think aside from that, we only have the darkest timeline to go. I mean, now. Pat Moore had a good season. Pat Moore, yeah, with the, the B and B and the the ill repute was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, you could definitely tell. Like Julian's, like you know what? We only got an episode two left. She's a fan favorite. Let's go wild. Let's go crazy. Let's go buck wild. <laughs> yeah, he wrote that script while tossing in the mud. Um, Julian, <laughs> Sir Julian Fellows. He was just having feeling himself. You know, in a mud bath. Yeah, sure. And they went for an air bath. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, Thomas chose the wrong path for a while this season. For most of the season, he, but he, it's not. A lot of it is unfair because right. he's trying to be better. But Carson mm-hmm. is still like, you might, you should get a new job. You mm-hmm. know, a new job. You should yeah. get one. You ever heard about that? And Thomas is like, I'm trying. And then he uh, he cuts his life into pieces. But then he gets saved by good people. <laughs> Yeah, he he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't die from bleeding out from slitting his wrists. He gets a job, and then he, he doesn't like the job. And then Carson gets the palsy, and Thomas tags in. Then he yeah he's he's in a good place. He's the better place. Shot. That's probably the best decision Robert made the whole season. On the fly, get uh-huh. him back. Boom! Yeah. It's a good value pick. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. So uh, good for Thomas. It, it this was a really it because Thomas has always been a complex character. And I feel like this season was definitely a culmination of all those like dark tendencies coming to a head within him. And it, but for a good reason. Yeah, yeah, well handled, very well handled. I thought. Yeah, very uh, mature. Yeah, and aside from that, I think that's all the characters. I, the only one I can think we're missing is. I don't think we missed. I think we kind of covered the whole season overall. No, there's someone I, I could have swore we're missing. Downstairs, no. Andy. We Andy. We well, Andy's. He can't. Well, he can't read. He can't he read. That's, a, the Daisy that's thing. what it is. Yeah. So, hopefully, by the movie time, he can. He's fully functional with reading. So, anyways, let's get to the power rankings, Dave. People have been waiting long enough for this. So, for new jumpers on who may not have listened to previous season recaps, you know our power rankings. Mm-hmm. Every episode, we give ranks three, two, one, and what I do is I take your. Number three ranked up is one point. Number two ranked up is two points. Number Mm -hmm. three ranked up, or number one ranked up is three points. Mm -hmm. And then negative for the reverse. So negative three points if you're the worst week. Negative two points if you're the second worst week. Negative one points if you're the uh, third worst week. I add them all. Negatives cancel out positives. And I have with me the top three and bottom three of this season. Okay. So... Keep in mind, if you don't do much and you don't score points, you don't wind up anywhere. So mm-hmm. 
For example, I will say Robert ended the season with a positive four, which is not that impactful. Right. He also didn't or, do much. Um, Larry Gray had negative two. You don't rank. Okay. So, so hit me with the results, man. We have a tie for number three of the worst with negative eight points, leaving season three with negative eight points. Miss mm-hmm. Denker. And Mr. Carson. Denker should be higher on that list of having a negative season. But he's not. Wor- she's not worth sweating the wasted points. It's true. That That's makes true. sense. Yeah, even she- though in the season finale I gave her a negative three, because she was the only one who had an f- unhappy ending. <laughs> um, but so, who's she tied with? Mr. Carson, who got made a fool of by Hughes. I mean, he was humbled in that palsy. <laughs> that palsy will definitely humble you. Um, shouldn't laugh about that. It's not funny, but at the same time. Well, it's funny the way he handles it, because it's like, it's not a disease. It's palsy, hey, man, that, which is a disease. Which is a, a check your words though. It's funny the way he handles it, man. Okay, come on, man. He doesn't handle. He it doesn't well. handle it. So, yeah, I mean, he got married, and I guess that's true for most married people. It gets worse from there, right? Sure, sure. Big jump for number two from negative eight to negative fifteen. This is not a tie. Sitting all by her lonesome, the Dowager Countess Violet. Like I said, she takes a lot of L's this season. Like, that hospital thing really drags her down. I think this is the first season where she's ever really had significant negative points. For sure. Yeah. She's never put in a position of, you know, losing. And like, you s- I won't spoil the future power rankings, or the overall power rankings. Yeah. But I don't think she ever dipped into the red. Yeah. And number one, predictably, negative 16 points. Hold on. Let me take a look at this. At the end of season five... Edith was negative eleven. So this, this ha- is this is five points worse than Edith at the end of the Let me guess. Five. I don't think you need Mr. to Mr. cut his life into his pieces. It's his yep. last resort. Yep. Thomas Barrow. <laughs> and we, we we don't mean to be insensitive about suicide. No, it's not a <laughs> joking matter. Um We're he- just big Papa Roach fans. <laughs> That's exactly it. Every day I wake up and just put it on. That song will get you out of bed for sure. <laughs> yeah, to turn my phone off. Um, yeah. Well, he ended up. He had, uh, he, he did he get, ends the season well. Yeah. But okay. So just to give a frame of reference, mm-hmm. where's Barrow on this list? He has positive two points. So I think I gave him second place for the finale because he yeah. ends ends well. Great ending. Rest of the season, not so much. Yeah. That, so I mean, if, if you ever been on the job hunt. It's not good times, not fun times, so it's easy to take a few L's then, so mm-hmm. it happens. On the upside, yes, three in third place with positive 10 points overall. Birdie? It's the Birdman, Birdie The Pelham. Birdman just swoops in there, all right. <laughs> One season, 10 points in the green. Good for him, yeah, he earned it. He did a lot of legwork to make this relationship happen. Yeah. Good for the Birdman. Good for the Birdman. Congrats, welcome to the, the top club. Yeah. Uh, second place, a tie with 11 points apiece. Mrs. Hughes, a.k.a. Mrs. Carson, mm-hmm. and Cora. Yeah, I mean, Hughes is, gets married. She has some good times. And she, she is the one dealing the negative points to Carson most right. of the time. Right. She, she definitely doubled up when she made her, Carson cook that one time. Yeah. And then Cora, Cora came into power with the hospital. She won over Violet. Makes sense. But who could have had a better season than Cora? This blew my mind. Okay. 14 and a half points at the end of the season. Keep in mind, I did, uh, th- these half points mean nothing because I gave, I had a top five for the last episode. So all the characters that were not you in my skewed it. 
top, yeah, 0. 0.5 didn't make a difference. So, okay, mm-hmm. 11 to 14. Sure. Anna. Anna? Anna. Well, I guess she has the baby. She get, she finds out she's pregnant, and then the green stuff goes away, if that's in the first episode of the season. So, she has an easy path to winning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just goes... Didn't she win season one? Just goes, she, Yeah, I think she did. She was it, number nine points in season one. So, it's just a, a good old ring that Anna's the best. Good for Anna. Okay. I don't know what, what she did to earn it, really, but, you know... Yeah, down in season two. It's good to send goodwill to people who are pregnant and have kids. Nowhere in season three. Season four. She was our negative winner. She was the worst in season four. In season five, no ranking. Okay. No top ranking. So, Anna, she had a baby. She overcame some obstacles. Those are our rankings. That is baffling to me. We don't have any of the real principles. We don't have any of the top three most important characters. So Robert ends the season with positive four, mm-hmm. Edith with positive eight, mm-hmm. and Mary, where are you, Mary, Mary? I don't think she had that. Po- f- five and a half. Okay. She had some negative moments, um, mostly yeah. with trying to deal with Talbot. So now that we've done the power rankings, Dave, would you say this is a good season of Downton Abbey? Oh, the highs are so high. I think the yeah. last two episodes are incredible. Yeah, and I think on the next episode of this podcast we'll rank the seasons, but I'd say season six was a very good season. This is definitely a good it's way to finish it. I would say that four and five are pleasant watches that don't do anything, and then in retrospect you're a little bit annoyed that they mm-hmm. don't do anything. Whereas this season, less th- it's not as um, action-packed on a week-to-week basis, but I enjoyed it more. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, the plots aren't as fresh. Like, there's no there's no rapists around, for lack of a, a more easy Makes to for say. a much more enjoyable experience. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's season six. It's in the books. And now we just have the movie in front of us. Yep. All right. Next week, we're going to break down the whole top ten, series. bottom ten of the whole show, Power Rankings. And hopefully, you know, if you haven't seen the movie yet, it'll help prep you, get you ready for the movie. Lube you up a little bit. <laughs> that's exactly what we're here for. To lube you all up. So, uh, if you want to follow us for more, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you want some bonus episodes, if you like that Jar Jar Binks uh, filled Star Wars episode one review, follow us on the subscribe on the Patreon, and you'll get a bonus episode. Yeah, and as I said last week, we're gonna put the Patreon on a temporary, hopefully temporary hold, come October. So there will only be we're back one Patreon episode. So we're gonna do you're gonna be three more. Yeah. So for right now, if you're listening to this when it drops in September, ten dollars to get. Our entire Patreon backlog. Really? And then ten? that'll be out. Just 10? Yeah, five bucks a month to get on. And how many episodes do they get? So they'll have, at that point, it'll be one per month. So it'll be a l- 10 or 11. Pretty good deal. Yeah. Some of them are short. Some of them are real more conversational. But then we have ones that are a little more focused on things. Yeah, sure. So, But yeah, until then. Oh, we want uh, we, a big shout out to the guy who gave us a good five-star review. Yeah. Ling- Lingus Reed? Like I the believe, name. like the name, Lingus, Air Lingus. Is that a is he an Irish guy? I don't, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, I don't know if he is, but really Lingus. It. Thank you. He said he's a 30 year old American guy who watches. You know, doesn't he's have a down two, daddy. He's a down, which was almost the name of this podcast at one point. <laughs> I, which is funny because neither of us are dads. Yeah, maybe he is a literal father. Thank you for that review. Yeah, uh, everyone who leaves us reviews, thank you. Yeah, uh, Haley Girl uh, on Instagram. Appreciate the follow and the commenting on uh, our posts. Yeah, yeah, our buddy Melissa. 
looking for a more straightforward Downton podcast that doesn't meander the way we do, but we appreciate thank it. you for engaging with us. We hope we're not rude to you. Mm-hmm. Um, all that. And, uh, everybody else, thank you. Yeah. See you next we'll time. We'll be back, yeah. Yeah. Keep, countdown is on. Bye. Bye. <laughs>